right, it's time to get into our fan pick of the month. We asked you guys to help us pick what movie we were going to review to end So Many mm-hmm. Santas 2023. And we put that up uh, to a poll on our Instagram page, which you can follow at So Many Sequels Pod. And you guys chose The Holiday. So we're mm-hmm. going to be watching The Holiday. Or we already did watch The Holiday. We're going to be talking about it. Um, had, had you guys seen it before? Don't get into your, your reviews yet. I just want to know if you'd seen it. Had not. Never. No. Okay, great. Great. Had you, Josh? Um, I had not seen it either. So it was a fresh... Great. It was a fresh view for all of us. Sorry, I'm trying to pull it up on Letterboxd at the same time we're talking about it. Um, it came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. has a pretty good cast. Mm. You've got Cameron Diaz, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Jack Black. Okay. Um, those are your four stars. Um, mm-hmm. There's plenty of fun cameos that I know we're definitely going to talk about some of them along the way. Um, and Letterboxd describes this movie as... Uh, it's Christmas Eve, and we're going to go celebrate being young and being alive. Two women, one from the United States and one from the United Kingdom, swap homes at Christmas time after bad breakups with their boyfriends. Each woman finds romance with a local man, but realizes that the imminent return home may end the relationship. So yeah, in this movie, we have Cameron Diaz. Um, is kind of she lives this busy city life. She swaps homes with Kate Winslet, who lives this quiet life in her little English cottage. Um, and then, and then Nancy Myers happens, I guess. Uh, this, yeah, this is of course directed by Nancy Meyer, uh, the queen of rom-coms of the '90s and early 2000s, especially. I think. Um, what are our, what are our initial thoughts then? Let's get into it. I'm excited for this being a fresh view for all of us. Well, we were started off. I mean, I'm, we'll just throw Nikki's out there. Yeah. I mean, she came in and threatened yes. us almost right out she the did. gate. We were um, threatened. Said that it was. Yeah, it was one of her favorites, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe favorite of all time, if I'm not mistaken, David. You can probably know it's up more there. information about it's that up than there. I. It's in the top. Nick, my, uh, my wife will tell you she doesn't pick favorites. It's not one of her. It's not something she does. Sure, but this is definitely in the top, the, the top group. It'd be in the top letter, the yeah. top four on Letterbox. Yes. It'd be. It'd definitely be in the top two. <laughs> okay. 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 Great. Well, then, David, why don't you go next? Are, are you going to get beaten by your wife first? I don't before think us, so. If we, if we talk bad about this, I don't know yet. We haven't said. Well, I'll definitely get beat up first. He's closer. He's Proximity, closer. Yeah, exactly. for sure. That's Proximity, what I mean. And that's, you, that's she'd no get pun. to you first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't think so. I genuinely enjoyed most of this. You know, mm-hmm. I, I thought that... Um, it did run a bit long. I, I, I think that the cast was so charming that um, I was really, like, I was engaged in what they were doing. I wanted to, to follow their stories. Unfortunately, I, I think there were times where some of the characters and some of the stories were spinning out while the other one was picking up. So it just, there were times where I was like, Cameron Diaz is kind of boring me right now. I kind of want to go back to Kate Winslet and vice versa, you know? Um, I was kind of, I, I said to my wife at one point, I was like, when does Jack Black show up? Because like, he was there at the very beginning of the movie. And then like, he kind of like, we only see him like a handful of times until like the hour mark. And I was like, I need more Jack Black. What's going on here? And, uh, but, uh, but otherwise, um, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Garrett, there's my, there's my initial, my initial preview thoughts there. Yeah, I'm in the same vein as David. I think I think I may have enjoyed it a little more 
than David, I think. I never really had an issue with uh, the stories. There were times. You know what helps me, I've learned, is that if I audibly am invested in a movie, it really gives me that opportunity to kind of go along with the story, right? And you, This movie was over two hours, so there's an opportunity audibly. for it to not have been. Yeah, um, I was audibly yelling oh. and angry with mm. many of the characters and mm. the decisions that they made yeah. and I was personally invested enough to yell at them for their stupid decision making <laughs> and their <laughs> lack of understanding that they're better than what they are showing yeah. mm. and uh, some of them were just viciously standing in their own way mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz uh, some of them were so wonderfully charming uh, that they were just so sweet hashtag Jack Black mm-hmm. and there were some people who just deserve to be thrown off a cliff. Hashtag Rufus Sewell, or whatever you say his last name, who is just king asshole day and day. You know, I have an interesting comment on that, though. that I'm going to talk about Arthur and his magical, wonderful essence of a man in this movie. Uh, It was, was, to me, shining, shining star of this. So I really enjoyed it. I like the characters a lot. I'm excited to talk more about it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I also have to say, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't have a lot of complaints. <clears throat> my 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 chief complaint, which is pretty minor in the scheme of things, is is to go along with you, David. I thought it was a tad too long at times. Um, but again, this is not like, it's not like it's Killers of the Flower Moon long. Uh, it's just no. like a nitpick for real. It's two hours and 18 minutes. That's not an unreasonable length. I just no, no. thought maybe it could be a little shorter. But mm. that said, I don't really feel like the time is wasted necessarily. Um, we get a lot of good time seeing these relationships build, which is great because you need that for it to, to be as believable as I think it is. Um, you know, there's still a certain air of, this is clearly like a holiday rom-com and this would probably never happen to anyone, but I can believe it for a moment <laughs> in this movie. And that's kind of the key to a good rom-com, I think, is believing that you could be swept up in a story like that too. Um, and it's unique, I, I feel like, uh, the whole idea of the house swap and and all that. It's it's fun. Uh, love the characters. Love, love to hate some of the characters. Obviously, Jasper is so good at being hateable. Um, yes, you get frustrated with, with the choices made along the way, especially with like the, the new love interests, uh, both, um, Jack Black and the, um, oh my gosh, who was the other one? Jude Law. Jude Law! Of course, Dumbledore. Um, <laughs> both, both him and Jude Law get caught up in, in other, in other people, but, but they, but they come back in the end and that's, but yeah, you're right. That's good to yell at them for. So I thought it was pretty good. I don't think Nikki's going to attack any of us, thankfully. No. Um, and now, before we go deeper into some of our favorite parts, I forgot to have you open with the box office of, of yeah. how this movie did. How, how, do, how did the general audience feel about it now that they've heard how we feel? Yeah, I'll stick the box office report in wherever we want it. You know, that's uh, it's, easy, <laughs> exactly. it's, it's easily done. You know, it's kind of, it feels kind of funny because we'll get into this later too, is that there's a little bit of criticism by uh you know our main man arthur in this movie about box office being important uh there's a little bit of hollywood commentary snuck into the movie which actually was one of my favorite aspects of it was the hollywood component um but this movie debuted uh december 8th way back in 2006 um so we were all still in high school when this came out 
and um, opened in the number three spot that weekend. It was a pretty um, tightly contested weekend. You had at number one, Apocalypto. That's Mel Gibson's uh, uh, Mayan apocalypse movie. Um, made, brought in 15 mil. Uh, at number two, you had Happy Feet. Uh, month in, bringing in 12.9. Again, The Holiday at 12.7. Casino Royale in its fourth week brought in 8.9. And at number five, Blood Diamond, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, opened to 8.6 million in the number five spot. So, um, you know, pretty pretty tightly contested weekend. The movie had great legs, though. Went on to make 63 million in the United States, 142.6 overseas for a worldwide total of 205 point eight million dollars um which uh according to the according to uh, one reporter was at one point made it the 12th highest grossing film of the 2000s that was directed by a woman um nancy myers on that list three times um nancy myers is one of the most uh successful and at time and and in many ways beloved of uh, female directors she's got a lot of great rom-coms um, something's got to give, uh, what women want. It's complicated. I think is one of them too. Um, for the year of 2006, um, uh, the holiday would finish in the number 45 spot. Oh, so close. So close. Just a hundred thousand dollars away. Actually less than that. $30,000 away from beating Medea's family reunion. Um, it mm. is <laughs> right mm. in there. So, uh, and just ahead of Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Number one movie that year, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Number two, Night at the Museum. Number three, Cars. Number four, X-Men, The Last Stand. At number five, The Da Vinci Code. I like at least two of those movies. <laughs> and the rest are movies. Uh, well, I like Cars as well. Okay. Uh, you know, this is our uh, seventh trip to 2006. We previously did Mission Impossible 3. Cars and at the museum, Superman Returns. That caused a lot of debate in this uh, from from this group. Uh, you may or not remember that episode. You can check it now. Uh, Clerks three, Clerks two, <laughs> which was back in our, uh, our 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 duo movie days. We did a bunch of just uh, movies that were two to us, and then obviously we reviewed Casino Royale um, sometime last year. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, that right. ill-fated Bond month. Yeah, Bond month <laughs> that took so a awry. couple years to get off the ground. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got to say. Um, I did try to look up. Um, uh, uh, the holiday is still in the top, uh, top, uh, I think, 30 when it comes to all-time uh, grosses by a female director, which was wow. recently, uh, that was recently capped by Barbie and Greta Gerwig. So a uh, new, new ruler atop that particular throne. But uh, anyway, that's all I got to say about that. I, I'm good to move into the next half. All right, let's get into let's get into the, the nitty gritty of the movie. Then some of our favorite parts, least favorite parts, all that jazz. Um, I think one, uh, I think we need to talk about each of these four main characters. I, I think we all probably mm-hmm. have notes on on them. So let's mm-hmm. let's start with our main ones. Uh, we got Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with um, Cameron Diaz. She plays uh, Amanda, I believe. I believe mm-hmm. was her. Or was it? And Iris is yes. the other. Uh, what do you guys think of Cameron Diaz in this role as the uh, uh, wealthier one who uh, has the crazy life in Hollywood? The wealthy workaholic. Listen, yeah, I think that they did a really good job of writing all of these characters because 
again, that was what really sucked me into it. And honestly, they gave each character an opportunity to breathe. I mean, the first hour of this movie is really getting to know the two main characters, Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. And you really get to see how they behave just in a regular, everyday kind of a sense. So when I first was introduced to Cameron Diaz, I did not like her. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, you are too much. Like, you're... you're so accusatory and then like the the dude turned out to be a jerk but the way that she kind of approached that situation just didn't it didn't seem right and she seemed and just presented as so high strung that you would believe that she would cause some difficulties because she's just so in her own head and she really did a good job of portraying that i thought and again as you see them go over time and then you really do see that she does get in her own way. She calls it out. She kind of talks about these moments where she just has no self-confidence and she builds these things up and then she tears it down because she's afraid of it. And I thought she did a really good job of that character arc where at the end, again, you end up liking everyone, but she was one where I did not uh, like her to start. Uh, So that arc won me over. See, and for me, that's sort of my default starting place with Cameron Diaz, is I assume I'm not going to like her <laughs> in the movie, because, and that's nothing Cameron. against Cameron How Diaz dare. herself, but I, I think that she has been, I think she has traditionally been cast in roles where her character is usually vapid or, uh, mater- you know, like materialistic or, you know, just like uh, uh mean or something right like that's usually just where she gets put um and here she was she was stressed she was overworked she had been cheated on right so like yes she was a little bit frantic to start but you know it it was very real it was very relatable and i do think that for the most part every character in this is fairly well written and written to be fairly charming even some of the bad guys they're written well enough that like you don't like them but they're also like they're just well they're well written they make sense they make sense you know in the in the in the way you you understand them um but Cameron Diaz yeah and I honestly uh I really appreciated her her idea for wanting to get away you know and I appreciated you know what she thought she wanted and then she gets there and then everything is just not the way she expected it um, and I remember as she got in that cottage and looking at what her house is and you see the compare and contrast between what she and Kate Winslet are trading, I thought she's going to hate this. Um, but you know, she, she, she doesn't complain really. I mean, she's a little bit like, okay, I don't know how this is going to work, but she never really complains for the most part. And that's made it, I feel like much more easy to go with their, her on that journey because I think if she had just been falling in snow and falling in mud the entire time and just going, oh, I hate it here, it would have been like, it, you would have been like, ugh, I really don't like this half of the story. But yeah, I think this is probably one of my more favorite Cameron Diaz performances at this point. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you guys. Uh, what's great about Cameron Diaz in this role is because, is, is that um you know she does kind of play those roles you're talking about where she can be kind of high maintenance or something like that and so she falls into this role of a successful movie trailer producer uh pretty well i think it's a cool job and and because she has an uh, an alternate lifestyle from kate winslet who we'll talk about in a little bit um so they have to like want different things but 
find equilibrium along the way. So I liked it. I think that the casting was good for that. Um, and she has... I, I, I want to talk about the movie trailer stuff while we're on this character. There's a fun little... There's a lot of Hollywood commentary in this, like David has mentioned. And one of the more obvious w- ways they do that is um, Amanda has these um, daydream moments, I guess you could call them, where she kind of hears a movie trailer announcer voice give it, telling her updates on her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I personally really like that. I thought it was funny. Uh, how did you guys feel about it? Um, it it's definitely the, the oddest piece of humor in the movie, I think. So I do like it. But I don't know if it fits with the movie. Just because it always comes seemingly sort of out of nowhere. And, like, it's not... I I think what would have helped is... Let, correct me if I'm wrong. Because you guys, you guys watched the you're movie. You're wrong. Correct me, if you're, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I may, 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 maybe, maybe I am. You're wrong. The movie, you're opens, wrong. With, the movie wrong. opens with narration by Kate Winslet very much in the way she would write a newspaper column. Does... Did that keep happening and I just glazed over it? Does she no, keep you, in this case, you are correct. That did not happen again. So I think if she had been think. occasionally narrating a newspaper column, a la Carrie, Fish, Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City, is that who it, what her name is? I don't know. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think of John Bradshaw Layfield. Uh, if, if, if that was being mirrored on that side, I think then I would probably appreciate it more, but it just felt like this one random running gag with... Cameron Diaz that just didn't feel like it to me fit as cohesively as it could have in the movie. So that's that's my my one like criticism there. And honestly, I still love it though. I, I was I laughed each time because it's very like um, what's her name? Amanda doesn't know what's wrong with her life. You know, it was perfect in that sense. Yeah, it it, no, it you're was wrong the, because it made. Go, or go, go ahead, Josh. No, you go ahead because you, you haven't talked about first. it yet. No, you're wrong because it makes perfect sense, and that's how she thinks. She's a movie trailer producer. That's their literal job. Well, that's what I all mean. All she does all day is see nothing but movie trailer thinkings, and whenever she is just real, every time she realizes that she's doing something stupid is when that person pops into her brain, mm-hmm. and it takes you out of it for a second, but it's so funny, and it bring, and then when you go, oh, I mean, that's how she actually thinks, and if I were her, honestly, I'm not her. Sometimes I think that way. Sometimes it's easy to look at your life and go, Garrett isn't doing things correctly. Or, hey, look at this. Things are going pretty good. You know, it, it points out some of the things in a fun way. So I dug it. I thought it made sense for well, the way that she thought. And like I said, I do I, agree, I agree that the, the her not doing the newspaper thing again didn't connect. But like by the end of the movie, that I did not remember that, nor think about it, nor care about that. It happened. And that's what I mean. It was a very insignificant moment. That's what I mean is that I like the Cameron Diaz thing. It just felt like, it felt like there was a, for whatever reason, as it was happening, I felt like there was an imbalance in what they could have, they could have done because they very much established that they come from different, different worlds that are very similar, you know, which is presenting stories to an audience, right? She presents wedding announcements, but she writes these long, beautiful columns about it. She, she, you know, she presents trailers, presents movies, and tries to get people to be invested in these stories before they really know, right? So I think you know they just could have done something with that. But I like the idea of Cameron's thing. I just, yeah. Anyway, that that that's I I like. It. I'm not saying it's bad. I just wish that there was a little bit more balance with Kate's character on that. 
if you say so. <laughs> if you say so. Well, uh, okay. no, I, who do you want to talk about next? Uh, let's let's talk about Kate Winslet, the character who I, if I had to be one of the one of the two protagonists in this movie, I think I'd want to be her uh, because hmm. she gets the cool upgrade from her cozy English cottage to the sprawling uh, mansion in L.A. in Hollywood, um, and she gets to have the yeah the amazing neighbor Arthur, who is mm-hmm. uh, the Oscar-winning screenwriter uh, Jack Black. I'm sorry. Is uh, is the improvement over Jude Law? Like, come on, <laughs> let's be real. It's personality, right? Right. <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I, I, so I thought she was really great. I loved her story the most. What did you guys think of her? I, I loved I her she, chemistry with Arthur. Yeah, I liked that. You know, she's one of those. Her, for for her, my character analysis was: uh, you like her almost immediately. Um, except yes. for the fact, except yeah. for the fact that she deserves like, and that's why you're mad at her. You're mad at her because she deserves better. You know that immediately. You can tell they do such a good job of painting Jasper as a jerk. He is awful. He's such a schmuck, as Arthur would mm-hmm. say, uh, and he nailed it right out the gate. And so, but but her journey is you get to see her discover her confidence that you're rooting for her the whole damn time. And then that moment when she finally finds it, you too get that release and that scream of excitement. At least I did. And I was so in it. And that's that was the character journey for her. You liked her, but you knew that there was this, ugh, girl, come on. That's the way I kept saying it. Get Again, it together. I was audibly invested in this movie. It happened so many times. And so when she got to that moment, it was so much fun to see. I really uh, liked Kate Winslet's story and all the... I, I really I don't have anything bad to say about it. Her relationship with Jack Black is wonderful. He was so charming. The fact that he is not done more rom coms is a travesty. Shame on you, Hollywood. How dare? How dare? It was beautiful. Um, I agree. Uh, between the two, Kate, I was more invested in her story. Like Josh, you talked about wanting to be on her, <clears throat> be on her receiving end because she gets this super big mansion to to hang out in yes i love seeing her just like jump in the bed and just be so excited just by the house you know i wanted those blackout curtains the minute i saw them i went i'd never wake up um you know and she's also she's you know she she's she has an interest in hollywood so it becomes this like thing as she meets you know like she meets her neighbor who's a writer and they're talking about movies all the time that's part of like her establishment with jack black is them talking about movies and he writes movie scores which is also a cool job to have um so i liked her a lot i really liked the analysis of her treating herself like she's the best friend in her own story um and she needed to step forward and becoming a leading lady i thought that kate winslet i imagine she had a lot of fun with this um because it's a because it, it is it's fun she, and she gets to be normal, you know. She doesn't have to be, um, you know, uh, playing a playing a big period piece or anything like that, you know. Uh, it's so I, I enjoyed her a lot. Enjoyed her story a lot. Um, the only thing I, I I wanted was was when we talk about the other characters, I wanted more of her and Jack Black. So that was my only real uh, uh, bummer. There is I would have liked more of her and Jack Black together. Well, perfect. Let's let's talk about their their bows then, and go straight to Jack Black since we all love him so much. Um, Garrett, you said this is his most charming. Yeah, he was charming. I mean, like, listen the 
the way that they set him up for this movie was really wonderful, right? And I feel like that is a character that, especially the three of us in this room, can kind of connect to. Oh, I mean, sure. that scene with him and Blockbuster Extremely where he's just going musicians. down the movie scores. Yeah, well, you know, minus that part. But, like, the, no, the film nerd that yeah. he had, you know, being able to list the scores or random facts of mm. these movies in this Blockbuster, man, that gave me vibes that I hadn't had since I was in, in a Blockbuster probably doing something very similar, right? Right. Um, so you just, you, you connect with him, and then you get to see him play a different part, but also kind of the same. He's still Jack Black, but he gets to turn on, like, a romantic charm that you don't get to see, and he is... You know, not the most traditional kind of a handsome man, but he is such a good-hearted person in this movie, and you see the beauty in him and his person, and it doesn't matter that he's not George Clooney good looks or whatever that people see in movie stars. He conveys Mm -hmm. that essence that people want, especially whenever it's like this kind of a romance that they're looking for. So for him to be able to just take this as a what you wouldn't think of as a Jack Black role. And he had a Grand Slam home run. I mean, come on. Yeah. Give I, up. Give it up for the man. And the fact that he is just relegated to the to the guy kicking who's jumping and kind of chubby, as he called himself in community, here, is here. a shame on you, Hollywood. He can do both. Let the man do both. He can, and he should. Um, yeah, it's nice to see a pulled back Jack Black in this movie. Um, not t- totally zany like he is in, in his typical comedies. Um... I wrote that one of my favorite scenes, perhaps my favorite scene, is him talking about movies with Kate Winslet in the blockbuster. Um, I just thought he was so delightful. I I would sit there and listen to Jack Black recommend movies to me in blockbuster all day for all different reasons. Show me the scores. Let's talk about them. Let's go through them. Um, I just really love that. I'd have gone home with him. Tell you that, Jack. (laughs) For sure. Um, yeah, no, I mean, very relatable, very, uh, uh, I mean, very unassuming. You know, I think that Jack Black, I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll go out and say this. Jack Black is one of those comedians that I think doesn't get a lot of appreciation, um, because, because the extreme form of his comedy is, is what well, it's, it's funny, but people don't want only want to see that extreme, right? But Jack Black, I really do believe, is one of those comedians that like could give you an Oscar-worthy performance in the right hands with the right script, with the right, uh, you know, push. You know, like he's a very good actor. He has, I think, a lot more depth than many of his roles call for, and that's because he loves doing fun roles. He loves doing comedies. He loves being in, you know, he loves doing things like Jumanji, but and Tenacious D, things like that. But I think that I've seen I have seen enough little glimpses, whether it's in this, whether it's in other movies, where the dude is capable. And uh, here he's so just relatable and un- unassuming and inviting, you know, like I, you're engaged by him. You see why Caitlin Winslet's character would fall for him because he's so I just feel so honest. And so then when you see his heart get broken, uh, which I was I was impressed because when he runs out to like confront his girlfriend and her her lover, I was like, oh gosh, direct confrontation. <sighs> I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd be I need I need to pr- I need to prepare for such a confrontation. But yeah, it was a uh, it 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 was heartbreaking, but it brought him and Kate closer together. So you know. So then, what about Cameron Diaz's other half, mm-hmm. Jude Law? Or as he called himself, I am daddy. <laughs> exactly. You know, did you catch that part? 
I did. I, learned this. I, I do know my Nikki read me some letterbox reviews, and one of them oh god, was about I bet that. one of them was about that. Jude Law's great in this. Jude Law, um, it's you know sort of a, a, a rom com character trope, Hugh Grant, um, but at the same time. Jude Law is pretty much good in everything. Like, you really, Jude Law can, he, he can do no wrong. Uh, he's hands, a handsome guy, but also not so handsome that he's, like, you know, sort of unbelievable as this brother of Kate Winslet. Um, you know, loved his character. Loved that, that his character had, like, a bit of mystery to him, that they had to kind of unravel his story as it went. And when it turns out he is daddy, uh, it was it made you kind of like him even more, you know. He became this even more real guy. Um, and he's very funny. Him and Cameron Diaz have a great rapport in this. So, uh, chalk that up to the writing, chalk that up to them just being two good actors with each other. So, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong. I thought, I, I agree with the chemistry aspect. I thought, uh, Kate Winslet and Jack Black had really good chemistry. I thought Cameron Diaz and, uh, Jude Law had really good chemistry. Um, I think that, uh, the Jude Law element was really good. I didn't like pieces of it um, because <clears throat> for me, he was kind of the fourth star in this, you know, this, his unraveling, he was pretty honest with who he was with the exception of the fact that he had kids, but his, his it was to break down the walls for Cameron Diaz character to kind of come through her character art journey. One of the things that I didn't like was every time a phone call would come through Cameron Diaz would pick up his phone and see it and be like oh it was Olivia sorry I didn't mean to look well you do it every time and stop making it a big deal and also my major critique is I'm supposed to believe that these two seven-year-olds at oldest have two individual cell phones no no that they can call their dad because when it shows up when it shows up on the caller id and when it shows up on a caller id it said olivia and then it said sophia so they have two different phone numbers for these seven-year-old and this five-year-old in 2006 yeah that may have been that may have been one of those you know sometimes we're in those situations where people make movies but they don't know how technology works Maybe yeah, 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 yeah. And maybe yeah. one but of that those was my main critique. And if that's my main critique, the other main critique I had was uh, I didn't like that we had um, Cameron Diaz not being able to drive on the right side or on the wrong side of the road scene. But then Kate Willen says she's out there just driving in America for the first time, just totally fine. You know, <laughs> little little small things. But going back to Jude Law, I thought he was super charming. Mm-hmm. I thought his relationship with his kids in this movie was wonderful. Mr. Napkinhead was great. Mm. Um, I just, I think that everybody, I think he really delivered, but I also don't necessarily think that he really had much to do um, other than just be a good do- guy. And his secret was that he had a kid. But again, I think he was the driver for Cameron Diaz. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I liked him a lot too. We're not... Uh... We're not disagreeing with much of anything in this movie, which is a good thing for the movie, I think. Um, I I really like the aspect of him as a father. It does kind of suck to have that be a secret, but, uh, you know, it makes you sympathize with him because you do also get the argument of... Yeah, and they make it... He doesn't want to introduce a woman into his girls' lives until he Mm -hmm. knows it's for real, and... um, there's That's a tricky line to walk. I I would not want to be in that position. Um, I will say, though, on the topic of those two little girls... I gotta if I gotta rib this movie a little bit, I do get annoyed at the what I, what I think is a trope of uh, the two little girls of a single dad who are just so fucking smarter than him and everything, and they just talk circles around him and they actually run the world because that's the vibe they gave. One of those girls had a really Dick Van Dyke level accent too, where she was all, 
Porter, why can't we go show her our tent? We can't. Yeah. And it was, I was, <laughs> I was just, g- I had to giggle a little bit. I was like, that is a really <laughs> The, the two accent. the two little kids who set up their father with a with an adult woman. I'm like, eh, this is not. How. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but oh, but they're buddy. cute. They're cute kids, and I did like that tent scene. It was mm-hmm. nice. It was a nice tent. Hey, it I was a it, nice I was tent. Like, That's they a really were right. nice tent. So I think the last big character I want to talk about, uh, just because uh, Garrett, you noted him specifically, is Arthur. I mean, you you called him the yeah. king of the movie. Mm. Tell us why Arthur was the king of the movie. You think he's the king of the movie? Why you loved him so much? Oh my God! Listen, Arthur's the sweetest old man. And you know, if you're if we're gonna look at this from an aspect of a Christmas movie, right? This is the whole point of so many Santas. We've talked about it from like an aspect of a rom com, which we can talk about later during our breakdown of the Christmas themed or Christmas movie. Um, but he is just so wonderfully charming and you think about this man who is by himself at this season he's lost in the beginning of the movie he can't even figure out where he lives right he gets to go through this own character journey and me as an audience member i really appreciated the fact that kate winslet her journey again isn't necessarily to find love she does find that in jack black but she finds herself and she finds herself through arthur and investing in this person that people have really given up on and he didn't deserve that, and nobody deserves that, right? But that kind, there's no safety net for some of these people and some of these characters. And, and for me, if you're looking at it, again, from an element of a Christmas movie, that's where this movie hits a good job, is they show that this stranger can invest in this person, reinvigorate their whole life, and, and it just takes being kind to people, mm-hmm. right? And that story there, and the way that he invests in her and sees what she can't see and really calls it out is something that I think a lot of people need to hear. And, and that really is the moment, you know, they have a dinner about halfway through the movie, about an hour into it. And that's the moment when he called her out for not being the leading lady in her own life. And I think that is a really good message that they deliver here is that, you know, you have to have the confidence. And if you have this weird things or if you feel insecure you're insecure the things that you're insecure about are the things that make you unique and if you can find that kind of confidence then you can become the leading lady and you see that journey and that moment was that moment that clicked with her and i think that relationship was just really nice and so for arthur to have his moment at the end when all those people showed up and he tears, walked up man, those stairs tears. without his walker <clears throat> it was beautiful yeah and, and early, again earlier he didn't even remember where he was at so he was the king of the movie this is again a situation where I, I was saying to my wife, I said, everybody in this movie is, is fairly well written. Um, it's not like, it, I don't know if it's necessarily like the groundbreaking in its in the greatest sense, but at the same time, every character I was engaged by, even the bad guys, like like Jasper, I thought to myself, like, these, they're, they're, the way they, they just come across, like, I'm not bored when they're on screen. Rufus Sewell is a character who he does quiet cruelty really well. He doesn't like yell and scream. Mm-hmm. He's just very still and quiet. Hateable. But he is. Oh, he's hateable. Um, but sorry, but back to Alfred, you know, uh, great actor. Uh, according to uh, an article I was reading from, who, who had that? That doesn't matter. But uh, Nancy Meyer had to continue to remind the remind um, um, Eli Wallach, hey, uh you need to be more old because he kept <laughs> he was so he said they say she said the actor was so energetic and so full like full of life that he would often just be like walking and norm, doing normal she's like eli old 
older, <laughs> older. So he seems like a nice. great guy. They were he was so funny. The dinner scene where they have where they have a Hanukkah party. Um, I don't know. He just feels like he feels like exactly what you would want an old Hollywood writer to be. Yep. Yeah. Good. Very good. I agree. He's a, he's a great 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 side character. Great, uh, especially for uh, Kate Winslet's Iris. Um, let's, let's talk about quickly though. There's a lot of great cameos in this movie. From cameos. some that are intentional cameos, and some are just mm-hmm. fun because like, hey, you're not famous yet. Retroactive like cameos, <laughs> right? Um, for some of the obvious ones, first, Lindsay Lohan and James Franco mm-hmm. as the stars of the action movie that that um, Cameron Diaz <laughs> is producing trailers for that's just a little little reunion between nancy myers and Lindsay lohan because uh, nancy myers directed the parent trap yes so that's that true. was the end there and and david nice. you also identified a tiny knight's tale reunion too didn't <clears throat> you it's true it's true rufus sewell and uh, uh shannon sossaman were in a knight's tale they play the the girlfriend of jack black and the uh whatever situation with kate winslet um, so they were they were in that movie. Now they never they never interact, unfortunately. But a little little re- when I saw them both, I went, "Hey, oh, this yeah, is cool." They're both here. I, I was yeah. like, "If if if uh, if Mark Addy shows up, this is going to be a real party here." Yes, but anyway. yes. And anyway, prob- uh, probably the favorite cameo for uh, millennials watching this now and members of Gen Z is uh, young John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. Who must yeah. have been filming between season two and three of The Office in two thousand six, mm-hmm. which is like same clothes. Still not super popular. That show is not at that time. No. So uh, yeah, he seemed exact. It looked like he walked off the office set into that one real quick. Mm-hmm. And, and and he's got uh, Catherine Hahn there with him. Yes, and yes. She's just as big. She's bigger a now. Than surprise. Um, and then yeah, and Dustin Hoffman. Yes, I wanted to talk about that oh, one because yeah. I read a story yeah. about it. So yeah, that was apparently that's camera. completely happenstance. Um, the story is that Dustin Hoffman was going to Blockbuster to pick out a movie. <laughs> so they filmed in he, a real Blockbuster, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they noticed, or he noticed the production lights and was like, "What is this?" And uh, he and Nancy Meyer knew each other, so. They quickly put that into the movie to have Jack Black pick up The Graduate and talk about the score right in front of Dustin Hoffman thinking he was doing it for him. Yeah. Just funny that he happened to be going to Blockbuster that night. That is one of the best cameo stories there is. I agree. That's wonderful. And his line is great where he just goes, can't go anywhere. Yes. (laughs) It's not always about you, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Honestly, maybe the best Dustin Hoffman we've seen this year because we did... Get a lot of fo- of of fucking Hoffman, fucking Hoffman. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there weren't any more cameos, were there? I think we hit them all. Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, no, none, none, none spring to mind. Um, I have one final question. I brought it up in the thing. I want to ask. We, you know, this was the fans. This takes place at Christmas. Do we think it's Christmas movie or Christmas theme? This is the one that I feel like we have a debate on. <sighs> I think it's a Christmas movie, and here's why. To me, it's a story about people who find themselves and find love over Christmas time. And that just hits too many needed marks for me. Um, okay, okay. I think... I think that this does break one of my rules, but it... I'm more willing to give it to this than I am some others because the rule this one breaks 
is that it the other genre overpowers the Christmas, and that's the rom-com element. Like, it's more of a rom-com than it is a Christmas movie. Like, they could have said it during True. Valentine's well, Day, right. and it would it is be the same movie. But... At the same time, that's the mo- that's the least egregious of my rules you can break. You know, like you know, everything else is is good to go. There's no Hulk Hogan, so like everything, it checks all the other boxes just just fine. So I'm willing. See, for me, I'm the opposite. Where this does take this does overtake it. It is a Christmas themed movie. Now mm-hmm. I have no problem because it's a Christmas themed movie. I have no problem with people saying that this is one of my favorite Christmas movies. It doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas themed. It is Christmas for sure. For sure, it is absolutely. I mean, yes, it is centered around. But the rom com element is where it, it really is. Like for me, it's like this is a rom com movie. It's a. Uh, it's more than just Christmas. Yeah, and it, it it does overpower it. You know, like honestly, I don't even know if we see a Christmas tree in this movie. I'm sure you do. I don't remember. Maybe we do. And I and it's not remembering. But uh, yeah. either way, um, either okay. way, a lot of fun. Uh, I, one tiny last cameo, I'll, I will say. Yeah. Um, is that the trailer voice that she hears is famous trailer voice guy, Hal Douglas. Mm. So mm-hmm. it, that was the act. That wasn't just some, some schmuck they brought in. It was in. one of it was, the... It yeah, was one of the, the actual like famous movie trailer guys of the day. So anyway, Very last goodness. bit I'll throw in there. All right. Well, y'all, I think that is our discussion of the holiday. We made it. Yeah, we made it through the end of so many Santas. Boo! Exactly. Another year of so many Santas done. I think now officially we can say better than last year. Better than last for year for sure. Absolutely it was a good movie. Everybody ends up with who they should. Yes. Uh, what are we? What yeah. are our favorites this year? Can we rank them in, in order of favorite? Oh goodness! For me, it's a Christmas story because obviously. Um, honestly, I think, I think the Grinch, or I think the holiday right up there with number two, uh, and then how the Grinch stole Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not even going to include reindeer oh, games on. as a thing that I watched this year. This is probably not what I would have expected going into it, but I'm going to go the holiday, how the Grinch stole Christmas, mm-hmm. a Christmas story <laughs> and reindeer games. I'm yeah. going to go. I'm gonna go Grinch. Ooh. The holiday. Mm-hmm. Reindeer games, and then a Christmas story. Nah. Well, I love that we all chose yeah, a different time. We all chose because a different Because reindeer games is hilarious to watch. <laughs> it was funny. No. I would have to I, say. No. We had so much Garrett, you weren't here, but we were we had we I got, listened to it and I have many <laughs> things to say. We'll have that conversation yeah. later because we got many great, things. No. We got some good laughs. I think I think uh, we laughed a lot with your <laughs> I <review>. didn't. <laughs> I got no laughs. It's because wow. it's because you couldn't make it. You watched wow. it for you watched it for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> uh, all right, let's start thinking about our letterbox guesses while we check out some of the most popular reviews for this movie on Letterboxd, where you can find each of us there. Just search our names. Um, first of all, most popular review: three and a half stars. Jude Law saying, "Yes, I am Daddy." Yes, you are, honey, it says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, four stars. I wonder how every other man in the world feels knowing that never in their lives will they ever come close to being as attractive as Jude Law in this movie. Mm. Three and a half stars. My aesthetic is Jack Black talking about film scores to flirt with Kate Winslet in a blockbuster circa 2006. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, three and a half stars. 
Hey Airbnb, how do I make sure my accommodations come with a whirlwind transatlantic romance with 2006 Jude Law? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. there you go. How do we feel like the Letterboxd community is going to land on this movie? Listen, we are. I'm mathematically eliminated here. This Fair. is between you two. This is the last movie review of the year. Josh, you are a dead ringer away oh. from taking the lead, if I'm not mistaken. I need to build some drama here, boys, because this is for the trophy. Last week, I did my purposeful duty of trying to play spoiler and gave you as much opportunity, Josh, as I could. So now it is up to you because I am bowing out as the first guesser, Josh. You are in last place because I am mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Based on our rules, you get to the wide open floor Mm -hmm. to take this trophy away from David. You need a direct hit to do it. Did I add enough pressure to you? Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) go. I'm going to go all in on this movie and give it the same score that I am going to give it, which is a 3.5. Tying myself I, to this guess. I will say... Gosh, I don't know. I will say... 3.6. <laughs> mm, that's very close. Okay. So, Josh, you said 3.5. Yeah. David said 3.6. Now, David, can you recap what the scores are real oh, quick? Like, uh, where, what are the totals here? What are the, what are the points? I have 16 points on the year. Okay. Josh has 14 points. Oh, Eric, so you, have you have 11. You have 11. Andrew has two points. <laughs> and the guests have three. Uh, this would tie it if he gets a direct hit. If no direct hit, then I win. If I win, then I win. Uh, you know, so it all comes down to the right. direct hit here. Well, I can tell you that David did not win. <sighs> David did not win today's game. <sighs> So there's added drama. Because Josh did win. <laughs> With a direct hit? No. He got it the the letterbox community gave it a 3.4. So Josh gets You're a point. Me I was off my point one. <laughs> no. I'm so sad because I almost guessed 3.4. But oh, I wanted makes to go it worse. <laughs> Oh, yep. So, Josh, you got the point, but you still finish one behind David, who is the now two-time reigning letterbox. Two-time. Well, it was a valiant effort, and it wouldn't be me if I didn't make it to the very end and then fail. So, You know, and I will say, I was gone for, like, what, three months or something like that because of school? And so, like, you know, he was just, it sounds like he just hit a roll and it was difficult. Who who knows what would have happened if you hadn't gone on that break? Garrett, it might have been yeah. closer. It might. Who knows? You might have kept interfering in each other's in each other's uh, uh, scores. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I, your reigning letterbox champion, King. I uh, don't have my hat. I don't have my hat with me. But I, uh, you know, uh, I want to thank Letterboxd and your uh, mostly predictable algorithm. Uh, <laughs> all the fans and critics who use it alike. I want to thank Josh and Garrett, with whom, with which whom I could not host this podcast, uh, mostly because I don't have any of the access logins for anything, <laughs> but also because I need, you know, every winner needs losers, and that is why I'm here today, all right? I have flown with the eagles, I have crawled with the snakes, and today I am Letterboxd Champion again. Um, 
Great. It is kind of crazy because beautiful. I didn't win between I I won Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then I didn't win until uh till the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. There was a long gap there. Where so you, saying, you just went on a hot, you just had a hot streak and you were losing exactly. it. If we had another two weeks left, man. Now we gotta spend another year looking at the trophy next to his name on Discord, which you can join and see for yourself <laughs> at patreon.com. So there's so many sequels if you sign up there, get Discord access, talk to us. Uh, all right, what are our yeah. final scores? I already told you mine. I went all in on three point five. So what are you guys gonna give it, David? It's funny because even oh, though I yeah. ranked it as my highest of the year, I think I technically rated Grinch. No, I did, wait. I graded Grinch number one. It, this is a three point five for me as well. It's a really solid film. I, I don't know if it's got a lot of rewatchability for me, but really solid. Okay. Yeah, um, I would say that for me, uh, I had also rated this as a three and a half star film. But our entertain, but our uh, wonderful discussion has decided that based on my entertainment of this movie, I'm going to give it a four stars because Ooh. I just really did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the character arcs. I was truly invested, cheering them on, throwing things at the. I think I yelled boo and wanted to throw popcorn at Kate Winslet at some point in time. So like, I was really into their their journeys. Well, good, good. Then I call it a successful movie and a successful end. To so many Santas 2023. Um, we're not quite done yet, though. We're going to give you a uh, end of the year recap and a little preview of what we're excited about in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be taking a little bit of a break, uh, rest up, plan. Everybody's going to tackle the new year with energy and force, just like always, right? Everybody's got to make their resolutions about how they're going to make all their goals. That's what we're going to yes. do. Yeah, I'm gonna spend that time. In jail. One of your goals for the end of the year is to uh, send us your top five movies. Mm-hmm. I think that that would be wonderful, so we can recap your movies along with our movies in our recap show that we have coming. Yes, please get on Instagram, send us a, a DM with your favorite movies of the year, or send us a message on Facebook. Um, send us something on Threads. You can find us on all of the usual social media places. Leave a TikTok comment, make a TikTok video, and tag us in it. Yeah. Whoa. That'd be crazy. Whoa. Wow. Future. Whoa. Uh, big whoa if that's you do that. Look, right. we if we may do that, look we'll like definitely a... talk about it. We'll invite you on the show yeah. and be a guest reviewer. We, we, may, we may look there like is a, a screening group. process. We may look like a group of youth pastors, but we're actually pretty cool <laughs> when you get to know us. <laughs> we we may be a podcast. Uh we I may would be never the cast be of a youth pastor. We may be a podcast hosted by the the cast of Seinfeld, but it's only Jason Alexander. But we just three Jason uh, Alexanders, three J, three Georges. That's all we really <laughs> seem to be. Um, but anyway, we we really appreciate anybody who has followed us this year. Yeah. We're really close to our sub goal of 112. Let's get there. Yes, and get on our YouTube it. channel. Subscribe on YouTube. We got full videos of the podcast. If you're not watching them, you can do that there. Um, so yeah, go do that. You, so many sequels on YouTube. Trying to hit that subscriber goal. Um, I think that does it. I mentioned everywhere else you can find us, so many sequels.com, of course, where you can subscribe uh, in your favorite podcasting app and find a list of all of our previous episodes. Um, we'll see you guys very soon with our New Year's special. Bye.